I am Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. Legend. Absolute legend. It's a throwaway year for LeBron James. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Let's get it. Happy Monday, everyone. I'm going to be honest. It is very hard to talk about basketball on this Monday because of what the hell just happened in the NFL playoffs. I mean, all four of those games were absolutely incredible. And the cherry on top is one of the greatest games I've ever seen in any sport between the Bills and the Chiefs. However, this is a basketball podcast and we have some very good topics for you today, including someone breaking the 50 point margin this weekend and also another chapter in the Ben Simmons saga and now there's a month-long slump for the greatest shooter of all times we're going to touch on all of that and much more so let's jump into it our first segment is player of the weekend pot dub jason tatum have a weekend my guy yes he had 27 and a loss to portland on friday but i'm not worried at all about that game because on sunday in a blowout win against the washington wizards he had 51 points on 18 of 28 shooting and he also had nine threes this man had 48 through three quarters only reason he didn't go for 60 or 70 is because it was a blow out and barely played in the fourth he may not only have had 60 or 7 he could have had a triple double with his 10 rebounds and 7 assists on top of the 51 he put up the celtics may have had a disappointing year but their star showed up on sunday and people forget this is a guy that led a Celtics team to an Eastern Conference Finals while Kyrie Irving was hurt. He carried Terry Rozier to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, he has a star next to him in Jalen Brown. They just have not figured that out. But Jason Tatum continues to shine game after game. Also, a little side note, say a quick prayer for your boy because tonight is my first time playing basketball since last November. I'm going up to the gym with a bunch of friends. I hope I'm not down too tremendously because yes, it's true, I'm old, white, and washed i know nobody asked but i would give my right arm to have a 50 piece like jt did yesterday i will let you guys know how it goes on friday's pod now it is time for our team of the weekend atl stand up the atlanta hawks are finally looking like the team that we expected to see this year as on friday they beat the number one seed miami heat 110 to 108 as illustrated last week the miami heat are me and cooper's final prediction coming out of the east and atlanta beat them on friday they also blew out a solid charlotte hornets team in their building 113 to 91 on sunday these are two huge wins for a team that hasn't lived up to the expectations after making a run to the conference finals last year. On that run of the conference finals, they defeated the one seed Philadelphia 76ers and Trey Young and John Collins was looking like the next dynamic duo of the NBA. But this year they have not lived up to expectations and have been under 500 for most of the year and they're still on the outside looking into this play-in tournament. But they have won four in a row now and here is Trey Young's last five games. 30 points, 28, 37, 30, 
and 29 in his last five. Even though his team has not played up to par, Trey Young has. I still think they're dangerous. Any team with Trey Young on their side is dangerous. But the question is how dangerous? I don't think they're as dangerous as that team that made a conference finals run last year. But I do think they're dangerous to a team like Charlotte Hornets or the Boston Celtics as a threat of taking that seven to eight seed in a play-in to play Miami or Brooklyn in the first round. And I think that's where it ends for Atlanta, sadly. Atlanta's currently at the 12th seed and they're 21 and 25. But they are the team of the week on the Hampton Hoops podcast. They have so much shit going for them. As you know, teams 7 through 10 have a play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. I think Atlanta can make a run at Washington or Toronto for a ninth or 10th seed and then possibly win two games in a row beating Charlotte or Boston to get into the playoffs. But what does that mean? You have a date with Miami, Brooklyn, or even Milwaukee to get past the first round. I think that's where it ends for Atlanta. But like I said, any team with Trey Young is, is dangerous. Let's get into our weekend storylines. We have yet another chapter in this Ben Simmons saga. This chapter revolves around Philly's stance on Ben Simmons. But first, let's get some context from this ESPN.com article. All of this shit started back in June of 2021, where Ben Simmons had a horrific series against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, if you can remember, Philadelphia was the number one seed in the East going into the Eastern Conference playoffs last year. In game seven, there was the infamous play of Ben Simmons passing up a wide open dunk because he was scared to shoot free throws. Now this series wasn't against, you know, another powerhouse in the East like Brooklyn or Milwaukee. This was against the Atlanta Hawks who had a series win over the Knicks, yes, but it was supposed to end in the second round and it didn't. Philadelphia ended up falling in game seven and Ben Simmons had a lot to do with it. After that series, Doc Rivers was asked after the game, can this team win as currently constructed? He looked up disappointed and said I don't know right now. Now let's fast forward into the end of August. We're now in the offseason. This is leading up to training camp when sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski that Simmons will not report to training camp and quote he intends to never play another game for the franchise. This is a bombshell, but with the way that series ended with Atlanta, it was not surprising. Simmons still has four years, $147 million left on his contract. Now we're in September where the Sixers are discussing trades as requested by Simmons with other teams, but the Sixers are disappointed with all the offers, of course, because if you know anything about the NBA, you know that trades usually happen around the trade deadline in February or leading up to the draft, and this was neither of those times. Teams want to have their rosters set leading into training camp to establish stability and gain momentum for the upcoming season. But Philly's doing none of this. They're instead dealing with the clown show of Ben Simmons apparently playing with a phone or jersey in his pocket, whatever it was, and not putting on his practice jersey when at training camp. But now we're at the end of September. The president of the 76ers, Daryl Morey, says he has hope of a 76ers Simmons reconciliation. He pointed to the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay as proof that things could turn around. Golden State Warriors owner Joe Lacob, also at the end of September, was fined $50,000 for violating the NBA's anti-tampering rule. Lacob came out and said, in some ways, Ben Simmons doesn't really fit with what we're doing around rumors that the Warriors wanted Ben Simmons. So he shut that down. And I don't blame him. 
the Warriors have a championship culture. Why would they want a guy that's going to quit on his team? I've always wanted Ben Simmons to work with Philly. Always. But last summer's where it crossed the line for me. This continues into October where the 76ers do not pay Ben Simmons the $8.25 million of his contract that he was owed October 1st because he's not showing up. And the season's right around the corner. It's a couple weeks away. On October 11th, discussions gain momentum on Simmons returning to the 76ers, sources tell ESPN. Doc Rivers reiterates Philadelphia has wanted Simmons to play for the team and that the teammates will welcome him back if he does not return. Rivers goes on to say, we've said from day one what we wanted. October 15th, Simmons, who clears the NBA's health and safety protocols to rejoin the 76ers, does not play in the 76ers preseason finale against the Detroit Pistons. October 19th, start of the season, the 76ers announced late in practice that Simmons has been suspended one game for conduct detrimental to the team. Embiid says he has yet to speak to Simmons and declares it isn't his or his teammates' job to babysit anyone. November 2nd, Ben Simmons has now told the team he's not, quote, mentally ready to play. This is after claiming he had a back injury where he was cleared to play and used that as an excuse not to practice earlier in training camp. Now he comes out talking about his mental health. The 76ers become increasingly frustrated with Simmons' refusal to accept organizational assistance to address his mental readiness to play. He claims he has mental health issues but won't even see team doctors about the issue. The two most recent chapters of this drama is November 5th and 8th. On November 5th, the 76ers find Ben Simmons his $360,000 game salary for missing the victory over the Pistons on November 4th and plan to continue finding him until he cooperates with team physicians on his mental health on November 8th, after initial resistance, Simmons meets with team-recommended medical specialists to discuss his mental health, sources tell ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Simmons meets with the 76ers medical specialist after regularly showing up to the team's facility for daily basketball activity. Me personally, I think he did this to get his paycheck. November 5th and 8th were the last big chapters we had in this until now. A new report coming from Sham Sharania saying, quote, Philadelphia's preference is to wait until the offseason to try and trade Ben Simmons for James Harden or another star. If there's one thing that President Daryl Morey has done right during this whole thing, it is making it clear that he's not trading Ben Simmons for nothing, even if it means sacrificing this season. Because you and I both know the Philadelphia 76ers are not going anywhere without Ben Simmons or an equal All-NBA star. Morey is willing to throw away this season to prove he's right or to set his team up best for the future. And to be honest, I'm out of breath after reading all the shit I just read about Ben Simmons. It's ridiculous. It's something every day with this guy. Yes, he's a great basketball player. Yes, he's good at everything except shooting. But this motherfucker can't shoot. He cannot shoot. He shrinks in big moments and he shrunk last year. That's why Philly's media has been done with him for years. That's why something every week's not coming out about this guy because his teammates don't even miss him. I get that the Philadelphia media has been absolutely brutal to Ben Simmons ever since he came in the league, but in my opinion, the NBA should really do something about this in the offseason. I mean, my team, the Memphis Grizzlies, is going to sign John Morant to a Supermax in this offseason. What if he decides one season in to a 10-year contract, hey, I want to be traded because this happened? It's not good for the league. I don't know if it should be a suspension, if it should be just a massive fine. I don't know what it should be, but it should be something. The NBA has to come out and say that this is not okay. Just think about what's happened in the last two years. James Harden loafed in Houston for 15 to 20 games until he got traded to Brooklyn. And now you have this shit with Ben Simmons. I mean, it's just getting out of control with this league. I love the NBA. Nobody loves it more than I do. It's a fantastic league. But this has gone too far with Ben Simmons. It's gone too far with James Harden. And to really put a bow on this whole thing, Ben Simmons 
is simply a bitch. I mean, there's no other way to say it. To claim that you have an injury that you get cleared for, and then to go even further than that, claim you have mental health issues to find a loophole in your contract so you still get paid is even lower down than that. It's detrimental to people with actual mental health problems, and it's detrimental to this league. So this is going to be the last time I talk about this for the rest of the season because it absolutely infuriates me. So let's move on to something positive, please. All right, something positive. How lucky could I be, man? All six of my predictions on Friday's pod came out to be true. Where Milwaukee beat Chicago on Friday, Memphis also won against the Denver Nuggets on Friday, and on Sunday, Miami defeated the Los Angeles Lakers, Mavericks beat the Grizzlies, Nets fell to the Timberwolves, and Golden State squeaked out a win against the Utah Jazz. So I just had to shout out myself just a little bit there. I'm gonna be the first to tell you this will never happen again where all my predictions are correct. I'm not that guy. I'm not, I do not go to him university. I am not him. I just do my best to predict what happens. All right, let's jump back into our weekend storylines where Steph Curry continues to struggle shooting the basketball. The Warriors did get two down-to-the-wire wins this weekend, one over the Houston Rockets on Friday in which they needed a buzzer beater, and they also won on Sunday against the struggling Utah Jazz as of late. In this Jazz game, Curry's shooting struggles were more evident than ever. He was 5-for-20 from the field and 1-for-13 from the three-point line. In the month of January, Stephen Curry is shooting 29.9% percent from three. Now there's several reasons to point at when it comes to this struggle. You could point at Clay Thompson's rocky return combined with Draymond's injury. But in my opinion, even the greatest shooter of all time is human and goes through slumps. He will bounce back. Stephen Curry is a lot like Patrick Mahomes in football, especially this year. Mahomes started off three and four where he was throwing more interceptions than ever. He had lost the Titans by 30 for his fourth loss. And last night he was at the peak of powers against the Buffalo Bills where he outplayed Josh Allen. Now he's going to the AFC Championship. I think something similar will happen with Stephen Curry. I think he's gonna show up for the playoffs. I think he's gonna show up for the rest of the season. And I don't think that's some outrageous prediction even though he's going through this slump right now. It's Stephen Curry we're talking about here. All right, for our final weekend storyline, you know I have to circle back to something positive with the Philadelphia 76ers. That positive thing is Joel having an even better year than he usually has. Joel was asked about this and what was different between this year and other years, where Embiid said, quote, this year I have more freedom to be able to bring the ball up or push it up in transition. The previous year, we had someone that was so good in transition that you had to get the ball to him, end quote. <laughs> I don't know who he could be talking about. It's so good in transition. Probably the guy I just bashed for the last five minutes of this podcast. But let me read you some numbers on Joel Embiid. Over the last 15 games, this I saw on NBA Central's Twitter, the last 15 games, Joel Embiid has had 40 points, 50 points, 32, 32, 25, 31, 31, 31, 31, 31, 34, 36, 36, 23, and 41 points. All through these games, he has had double-digit rebounding numbers and all except five of his last 15. So these are double-doubles. These are 50 and 40-point double-doubles this man is having. He is absolutely dominating right now. Philadelphia has needed every bit of it, especially without their second superstar. Joel probably talks the most shit out of any other big man in the league, but this man always backs it up. My only question is, are they wasting his prime? I'm gonna be honest, I looked up his age 
expecting to see 29, 30, 31, especially with all the injuries he's had. And I just feel like trusting the process, that whole thing was like decades ago, but it wasn't. This man is only 27 years old. I mean, with all the injuries he's had, how long is his prime, even though he's 27? They've had this Simmons drama all year. They signed Tobias Harris to that outrageous contract, which could be spent elsewhere on a second star. And they have a coach who has blown more 3-1 leads than any coach in the history of the NBA. Doc Rivers blew a 3-1 lead last year to Atlanta, as we talked about earlier. Wasting his prime or not, though, this man is balling, and there is no arguing that. That is the end of today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to each and every one of you who reached out last week and supported me on this. I truly couldn't ask for a better group of people behind me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Till then, have a wonderful day.